Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Battleground! You didn't know? You've entered the Battleground. Live from the Parks Unknown Studios, this is the Battleground Podcast. Battleground! The Battleground! Battleground! The Battleground! Your place for all things pro wrestling. From the independent scene to WWE, AEW, ROH, NWA, and Impact Wrestling. That's the Battleground! Hot topics, as well as interviews with some of the biggest names in the game. The Battleground Podcast starts now. Yes. Here are your hosts. Yes. Welcome to the Battleground. Oh, it's true. Battle and Eli. Yes. Welcome to episode number 142. Holy crap, 142 episodes. We've been doing this thing for two years, man. Uh, We're eight away from 150. I do appreciate every single one of you that has been along this crazy ride that we love to call the Battleground Podcast. My name is Battle. I'm your host. Eli is out today, but we do have a special guest on the show. But before we get to the special guest, I got to do get to some business first. Uh, Please make sure that you follow us on Instagram. It is Battleground Podcast. We are on Twitter, Battleground IHR and Just for the summertime, we do have a special edition Battleground Podcast t-shirt. It is a neon green t-shirt. It is absolutely amazing. Uh, You can grab that right now. TerritoryWrestlingTees.com. Get you a Battleground Podcast t-shirt. Man, uh, a very exciting show today. I told the group when I was able to line this up that I've been trying to get this person on the show for a while now. Uh, Super excited for them to be on the show. I will go ahead and put this on record right now that they have the greatest hair in wrestling. The greatest mullet in wrestling. And uh, that means it is time to introduce you to today's guest. Everyone, we've got Brian Pillman Jr. on the show with us today. Man, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I, I appreciate praise there. You know, that's uh, that's something I get getting more often now that people are starting to pick up on my work and stuff. So I appreciate that. I mean, not only are you an amazing wrestler, but you've got an amazing hair. So it's like a, a double whammy for you right there. Yeah, I always say, you know, that's one of the most important parts uh, of the business is, is having a good head of hair. At least that's how I was trained. <laughs> right and you've got to have that hair I, I tried to grow out the mullet but i just i don't think i could have pulled it off so i just went back to the old buzz cut so that's yeah, that's the way you gotta, it is. Have, you gotta have the confidence you know you gotta that's, that's half the battle Oh, most definitely. So let's kind of just jump into this real quick. You know, a big question we always have for, you know, second generation wrestlers is, did you always know you wanted to get into the wrestling biz or did the bug kind of bite you later in life? Yeah, definitely. It definitely took a long time, right? You know, my my father passed when I was four years old and uh, I was, uh, I was uh, 
to when they did the Pillman Memorial show. So I got to, you know, kind of connect with all those stars at the time. And Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, you know, Benoit Regal, all those guys uh, helped out at the shows and, and put on their best matches. Uh, but as I grew up older, um, some of those bridges were burned and stuff, and some of those ties were severed just as my as my uh, family kind of, my mother and my stepfather kind of alienated themselves from the wrestling business, so to speak. And I was more or less not raised up in the business. You know, I wasn't really a fan of it either because I was led to believe that, you know, it killed my father and, you know, all this other stuff. So I was kind of, uh, I was kind of left in the shadows as far as the wrestling business went for, for pretty much 20 years. You know, I, I, I played football in, in high school and I went on to graduate college. I played college lacrosse. So I always maintained my athleticism and, and stuff like that because I knew that my father was an athlete and I knew that if I wanted to do something, you know, maybe try to go pro football or something, that was my best bet. Um, but no, things, uh, things really, really changed for me after I graduated college. Um, I went on to work a, a job in a corporate company, fortune 50 company, making some pretty good money, really good benefits. But, uh, it just, I realized that my personality wasn't fit for such a job. You know, I wasn't made to sit down. My genetics weren't designed to, to work at a desk. You know, I was, I was something that I felt like I was destined to be something greater than that. So that's when I, uh, at the age of say 23, I, I started looking into getting training and going to the Storm Wrestling Academy. Man, and, and Lance Storm, if 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 I gotta say training under anybody, Lance Storm probably has to be like the top of the line to get trained under, right? Oh yeah, you know, just being that it was in Calgary and, and he has such a such a good work rate and respect for the business. At the time, I, I wish the school had never closed, but at the time, it was the best place to train. Right. What was kind of like your experience like training? Like when you got there, was it kind of one of those things where they're like, okay, you know, this is Brian Pillman's son. Did they kind of, you know, just throw you to the wolves, kind of look past that? Or how did all that go? Well, you know, I think like Lance had a really good approach to it. He didn't want to give me any special treatment. He didn't want to treat me any differently than the rest of the students. And of course I didn't either. You know, I wanted to be uh, treated just like the rest of everybody else. I wanted to be given a fair shot and be given the same training as everybody else. And that's exactly what I got. You know, there were right. definitely some times where he pushed me a little harder and he was a little more critical of me uh, than some of the other students, but that's because he saw the potential, right? And he, he really wanted me to, to be, you know, to be molded into somebody, you know, he really, really, really wanted me to work. Right. Do you have any, you know, any favorite memories from training with Lance at that, uh, that wrestling school? <laughs> yeah, there was uh I lived there for three months. We trained for three months. Uh, there was a lot of fun memories. Lance used to tell a lot of stories and stuff and, and of different things. But uh, but no, I mean, I think I think one of the greatest memories was just just having that having that bond and that friendship with a lot of those kids. Um, I actually, it's funny. I guess I was thinking of some wild things. Actually, somebody <laughs> somebody actually egged my car. Really? While I was living there, yeah. <laughs> I never really found out who it was, but. I think it was one of his previous students that had lived up there mm -hmm. and had lived in the same like apartment complex as me, just like playing a rib on me or just trying to get back at me for something. And I was like, I don't even know what I did to this guy, but some, somehow, some way somebody got upset and egged my car. And then, <laughs> and then it's because it's in Calgary, it's in Canada. It's like sort of frozen over and it ended up freezing. Oh no. So I had like frozen egg yolks, frozen 
eggshells all over my car, you know, that I drove 30, I drove this car 30 hours across the country to, uh, to get to freaking Calgary, you know, a whole fucking whole day's worth of travel. Like, but me and my uncle, we went, when we took this journey, we went out West, right? Cause we live in Cincinnati. So we're going out West to Calgary, but instead of taking like the GPS proper way to get there, we went all the way out West so we could see, um the different parks so we could see yellowstone and so we could see um the mount rushmore and, and and all that so it was like a really scenic route that we took to get there and it was it was just a great experience to finally begin my journey in pro wrestling man and that just i mean somebody egging your car and the fact that nobody still has come forward i mean with as many people have wrestling podcasts and everything else I'm surprised somebody hasn't told the story of like, you know, I, I, you know, Brian Pillman Jr.'s car when he was training, you know, um, at least try to do something. Um, <laughs> so kind of one question I would like to know, and we had a, a listener submit this one, but it's uh, how often do you get told that you look like your dad and how did he influence your current wrestling style? Um, you know, I, I always get told that I look like him and I, and I think, I think I do. I think I look a lot like him, but I also have my own kind of unique look too. You know, like I don't mm -hmm. look dead on, um, but my body shape definitely in, in the way I, I was told, I guess Chris Jericho thought that I worked similarly, like my body language in the ring and stuff was very similar to his too. So I, I thought that was a really cool thing to, to note. And he said it's, it's pretty common in the wrestling business um, with people in the same family kind of work similarly and have similar body language. So I thought that was a unique phenomenon just, because I never really got to know my dad, right? So he passed when I was four years old. So it's not like he coached me or trained me how to move and how to wrestle. He just, these are just natural genetic movements that people have, right? Right. Yeah. And did you, did you kind of ever, you know, go back and watch some of his matches and, you know, use some of his moves as kind of like, I'm going to add this to my repertoire as kind of like a, an homage to him or. Yeah. In a way I tried to avoid doing too much of that because I didn't want people to, you know, really feel like I was, you know, pushing the envelope too much with that. And I right. really wanted to be original and be myself. I was, I was very influenced by the, the modern day wrestling style and, and, and what the, you know, what was going on in Japan and with the bucks and everything. So that was kind of my education coming into the business. Um, but at the same time, I think Lance storm in our training, he kind of secretly taught me a bunch of moves that my dad would do just to kind of give me that kind of that Canadian style, you know, to kind of mm -hmm. implant it in my, in my repertoire without me, like, going out of my way to like think that I'm copying my dad. Like he taught me how to do the springboard uh, crossbody, the springboard clothesline to moves that I still use to this day, you know, the air pillman and that. So he taught me those things without me like having to forcefully like think about like, oh, I'm copying my dad. He didn't want that. He just wanted to show me how to do them safely right. in case I ever wanted to use them. So I always thank Lance for that. Yeah. Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is our guest on the show. So let's kind of go back a few years back, like, you know, late 2018, you signed with MLW, which put you on a national stage in a very big way. How did that opportunity come about? And what have you learned the most in your time with uh, MLW? Um, MLW, I've learned a lot there. You know, I had some of my best opponents there, some of my best matches. My, uh, my first, what I consider great match where I really kind of came into my own as far as my intensity and my, my style goes is when I faced low key. Um, I felt really good about that match. And that was the, really the beginning of like where my confidence started to take off, you know? So uh, I, I owe MLW a lot for putting me in the ring with very experienced guys, guys that could really uh, lead me and, and mold me into the performer I am today. So 
Yeah, and uh, Loki is like the most underrated person ever. Like he is phenomenal. I remember watching him at like the TNA days uh, at the fairgrounds here in Nashville. Like the most underrated yeah. person who is phenomenal, and you yeah, can put Loki him in any match. And, and, and Fatu and, and uh, Austin Aries is also some some matches that I'm very proud of. You know. Yeah. Oh man, just thinking about those matches right now, I'm gonna have to go back after this interview's over, just rewatch those. <laughs> One of the biggest stories to come out of MLW in the last few years is the formation of the New Era Heart Foundation, which we've got to say, absolutely brilliant. How did that faction get brought to life, and you know what was the the highlight of your time with that faction? Uh, the New Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. Me and Teddy and uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. I will say that was one of the most organic things. Um, it's kind of what what sealed the deal in it for me to join MLW was, you know, when when they pitched that to me, I thought, wow, this is this is really magical. This is really this goes in line with my story and who I am, and and it put me in a place to to have a relationship with the Hart family more so than I already did. You know, I'd already been to Calgary and trained and, and got to meet them and, and to see. Uh, where where Bruce lived and, and where my dad would hang out and stuff. So it was a really cool experience to then kind of double down on that relationship and form the New Heart Foundation. And, and of course, having having the blessing of of the family and stuff to do that was was super such a such a high honor. Um, and 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 for the most part, you know, Teddy and Davy Boy really took care of me uh, as far as leading the charge and, and putting on these awesome matches with the dynasty and always protecting my flaws and my weaknesses, you know, being so green in the business and having such a high pressure um, situation. I was put in so many high pressure situations early on at a company like MLW who doesn't have too much exposure to, to, to get me overexposed to the business and to the fans, but just enough exposure to generate some hype for me. And at the same time, protecting my flaws while I'm still learning in the business. So it was the perfect storm of, 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 of storytelling and, and organic, uh, you know, ability in the ring. Right. Was there, was there like a, a favorite moment that stands out as you were part of this, this new era heart foundation? Like, was there the one match or the one time that you thought, man, this is really, really cool. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and I always say like, you know, gracious and victory and humble and defeat, but I thought the, the latter match that we had with the dynasty was, was really, really cool. Um, because it was able, I was able to build up other guys like Richard Holiday, who uh, who I'm very proud of that moment for him. You know, when we're climbing up the ladder to grab the belt, and uh, and we're, you know we're trading blows at the top of the ladder, and then you know Aria Blake grabs me, pulls me down, and he's able to grab that belt and, and solidify his moment in in the wrestling business, and and, and get a little more star power for him. Um, to me, that's that's what the business is all about. You know, it's not about being selfish or, or being, um, you know, trying to put myself over, you know, I know I have a lot of things going for me and a lot of uh, strengths going for me. So to go out there with the guys like the dynasty and, and like, like how I wrestled Hammerstone for the inaugural national title. Um, it was just an honor being out there in the ring with him, you know, cause he's such an incredible athlete, um, such a, such a great physique and, and definitely a future star in the business. Yeah, and you know, you talk about future stars, and like we've said on the show before, we know that uh, you're about to be on the the rocket trajectory of going up, and we know that's for sure because I mean, you're named MLW Rookie of the Year in 2018, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Rookie of the Year in 2019. I mean, amazing accolades. 
do these kind of serve as motivation to continue to own your craft or like how do, how does it feel when they say hey you're the 2018 rookie of the year yeah, both in MLW uh, MLW and then Pro Wrestling Illustrated in 2019 yeah, absolutely. It really sets the bar high for myself. You know, already the bar and the expectation was already high, you know, just being Brian Pillman's kid. So now I have now I have these standards that I've achieved that need to be held high. Right. You know, it used to be that I was just Brian Pillman Jr. But now I'm Brian Pillman Jr., the rookie of the year, you know, the two time rookie of the year. And if all goes to plan, maybe I'm the AEW rookie of the year as well, you know, going into that next level you know, going into a new company that would make me a rookie at that company. Right. So right. if I've, if I've made my debut and if I can, if I could prove myself. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. Within the next several months to, to be a real, a real problem for these guys and a real threat to, to, to these titles and these matches, then I could very well be the three-time rookie of the year. And I have no doubt about it that that can happen. Cause, and you mentioned AEW and you participated in AEW or AEW double or nothing, the casino battle Royal, uh, you were on AEW dark in the course. You just had a title match against Brian cage. And I was, uh, telling some friends of mine when we were sitting there watching, I was like, I think that is Brian Pillman sitting there ringside at AEW. And then all of a sudden the internet exploded uh, seeing you there, and of course, you know you you start off. So, how cool is it to be able to perform uh, for AEW? Oh, it's 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 crazy because, uh, like I said, I've always been gravitating to that um, to that style. That's the style I kind of came in on, and I've always gravitated towards Cody too because of his story and, and, and his background, where he comes from. He's one of the few people in the business that I can really ask, you know, for certain types of advice from, you know, because, he, you know, we, we, we have some sort of some of the same kind of shoes, you know, so uh, I've always gravitated towards him and, and I never wanted to like ask for a favor, you know, I always wanted to work for a shop. And so I did my best to, to go down there and to train in Atlanta and the Nightmare Factory and, and try to earn an opportunity. You know what I mean? I didn't want to, I, you know, I wasn't looking for any free lunches, you know what I mean? I wanted something that I, that I worked for, that I earned for. And that kind of goes back to the theme of my career of, of taking myself onto the Indies and not having a guaranteed deal with anybody. You know what I mean? Like I didn't call up Hunter and try to get an NXT. I didn't, I didn't take the, that route because I wanted to take the harder route. I wanted to take the route that an indie wrestler 
would have to take to try to get noticed and to try to get a job. And, and still, you know, I'm, I'm almost three years in the business and I, I'm still yet to sign a full-time contract with anybody, you know, being that MLW was, was a really great deal on the indies, but it was definitely not a full-time pay, definitely not a full-time contract. It was, it was great for the exposure and uh, of course the opponents I faced, but at this time, uh, my goals are hundred percent focused on getting, getting my release, from MLW, um, you know, no, no, no hard feelings against the company. They did me very well, but I'm hoping that they will, will release me soon so that I can pursue a full-time contract with uh, AEW. Yeah, and you know, watching your matches, like, and I and I saw it, you know, watching AEW Dark. I, I believe if I saw online correctly, it was the highest-rated YouTube uh, match, most watched, and I'm like. I'm pretty sure it's because of Brian Pillman Jr.'s on the show, right? Yeah, as, as far as like live viewing goes, I think like the live viewership was the highest. Uh, I know they have some other episodes that have more total views over time, but yeah, I, I just I brought a, a very uh, I brought a very good um, energy and a good and a good hype around AEW Dark. And as I've talked in, in different people in the company, I think AEW Dark is very important to the product. I think there's hundreds of thousands of people that watch YouTube mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be understated or undersold. So if, I, if I'm using that capacity as sort of a, a YouTube internet draw, then I'm all for it. You know, I'll go on there and I'll put on my best work every, each and every week, day in, day out. So um, I was very pleased to see that the results came in and that there was an increase in viewership for both my matches. I think it went up, it went up in the first match and then it almost went up another time, like more so, then the ratings went up that week the next time when I wrestled Brian Cage. So there's increasing interest. Um, obviously, Brian Cage, too, being a huge draw for the company, a huge machine. You know, he's a money printing machine. He's uh, he's going to do great things there. And especially being in that world title picture, um, to be able to go in the ring with Brian Cage was a true privilege and honor. Right. And, you know, and we were sitting there talking about it because we have a group chat with everybody on the show. And it's like, you know, your second match, you're going against Brian Cage, the FTW world champion. So it's technically a title shot, correct? <laughs> yeah, it technically was, you know, a little, little gimmick belt, but uh, no, a belt nonetheless. And, and that's the thing, you know, like it's co- sort of a flex on, on, on just who he is and his style. And obviously Taz introducing that belt to just, you know, give the people something to, something to, to look toward to, but you know, maybe that title does change hands some point down the line, you know, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we do some more business with that, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I was like watching that match and it was, it was a phenomenal match, got great reviews on it. Um, I really think that if anything could happen, I think that, uh, there could be two titles that Brian Pillman Jr. could have in AEW. I'm thinking, I'm going to go ahead and say this, the FTW championship, or the TNT championship, which brings me to my next thing. You know, Cody offers these these challenges every week. When are we going to see Brian Pillman Jr. say, let me get a shot at that? Well, you know what? Uh, th- th- there's been some scouting going around. You know, I know Arn is, 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 is doing his rounds and giving a lot of these guys who deserve it an opportunity. Um, I've learned very quickly to be patient, be patient with my career. Um, I know that when the time comes, the time comes. And I think the time is going to come when the iron's really hot. And I think it's going to come when it's time for me to win that title. You know, I don't think I'm going to go out there 
and uh and, and i'm gonna leave it all out in the ring you know what i mean i'm gonna go out there and have the best match of my life and i'm gonna be playing to win you know what i mean i'm not going out there just to say i challenge him for the title i fully fully am prepared to win that title right um, and, and- when, when the opportunity comes so i i think that they're gonna you know they can take their time and they can give everybody a shot i know a guy uh war horse is somebody that's very much a threat to that title somebody that's very dangerous he's a guy that's been through a lot you know he's 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 had a freaking turnbuckle pulled out of his mouth he's had he's put on some spectacular matches all over the world and if anybody's going to give cody a real test and a real run for his money it's warhorse yeah but if anybody's going to actually finally claim that title and take it off of cody's waist it's going to be brian pillman jr and that is the thing. And I will tell you this. Everybody that's come on this show has went on to win a title with the exception of uh, Juice Robinson. And then they lost the titles, the tag team titles oh, two days wow. after. That's good luck. You guys got some good luck. Yeah. So w- with the exception of them, everybody that's been on has won a title, gone on to win the title. So you being on the show, we're putting our, our good luck mojo out there for you to win the title. And of course we want to see that TNT title around your waist. Um, is there anybody on the roster? I mean, you've worked with Sean Spears. You worked with Brian Cage. Is there anybody else that you kind of want to work with on the AEW roster? Well, you know, we talked about, we talked about Cody and the TNT title match, but no, I think there's a lot of stories to be told. I've got all the creative energy in the world to put towards it. Uh, AEW, I think uh, I think I could tell a great story with Dustin Rhodes. Uh, I think I could tell a great story with John Moxley, and I think the ultimate uh, story that I think will will culminate one day in a very very important feud down the road would be me and MJF. Really? Yeah, him and I have a little bit of history in MLW. Uh, we also trained together at the very beginning of my career in Dayton, Ohio where he lived and uh yeah we, we have we have a lot of little things in common and i think him being you know the penultimate heel and, and me being the one of the truest righteous most you know pure baby faces in the business today uh, i think it makes for an awesome pairing i think it makes up for a world championship pairing i i'm kind of intrigued by this so is this is this kind of like you calling your shot your babe ruth you're pointing out that you want mjf oh yeah absolutely and i don't want him you know, I don't, I'm not saying I want this to happen tomorrow. I'm not saying I want this to happen in a few weeks. I'm saying, you know, at the at the final, you know, transcendence of my career, if I'm remembered for one thing, I think it's going to be with this feud with Max. I think that's that's kind of the prophecy that I'm putting out in the world. You know, man, I, I'm getting like goosebumps thinking about how awesome this match is going to be, and I'm kind of picturing it in my head. So we're putting this out in the universe. Fly, Brian Pillman Jr. MJF, we, we've got to have this match soon. Um, and you kind of talk about your contract with MLW and, what, you know, waiting for the release and stuff and, you know, getting from things. If you could have, like, a blank contract and could go anywhere, do anything, you know, what would you say is your biggest goal you want to accomplish in pro wrestling when it's all said and done? Well, I definitely want to make a million dollars. That'd be great. Of course, I, mean, I think everybody wants that million dollars right there. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean you can't you can't worry too much about the money when you're getting started or when you're young, and it's really all about you know paying your dues and get things done. But at the same time, I think uh, looking at the ultimate, you know, what's the ultimate you know cause and what's the ultimate achievement, and I look at a guy like Chris Jericho and I just think, gosh, you know what a, what a rock star he is to uh, you know have this have this whole wrestling company. Uh, behind him that he helped build up and create 
while also touring and being in a band and being a rock star. I mean, he, he truly is the ultimate role model for me. Uh, I've looked up to him ever since I started training. I, you know, I trained with his best friend, Lance Storm, you know, and, and, and my dad spent a lot of time in Calgary, you know, so, and, and I know they crossed paths, you know, very few times, but, but Chris Jericho had some very, very nice things to say about my dad. So I've always had a pretty good relationship with him. And I really, really, truly look up to him as, as the ultimate superstar. Yeah. And uh, we all have talked about how Jericho will possibly, will go down as possibly one of the goats of wrestling when it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, ego, you know? Yeah. So this is, this is something that I kind of want to know because we kind of talked about the mullet in the beginning of the, the show. How did that come about? You know, I, I, I talked about this. I talked about this with people a lot. So it uh, it actually started in, in training. Uh, Lance Storm was talking about the mullets and and how they're a functional decision because they keep the hair out of your face. And I had really I had some pretty long hair growing out at the time in his class, and I was always wearing a headband and I was always flipping it out of my face, flipping it out, you know, doing I guess what they call it, the Seth Rollins, where you can do the hair flip and you throw your hair out of your face. And I thought, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting so many seconds and so much breath and time in my match flipping my hair back? You know what I mean? It's exhausting. I thought, well, I'm going to make a functional decision and whether people like it or not, I'm going to rock a mullet. You know, I'm going to bring it back from the eighties and then being that this is pro wrestling and it's, it's a, not only it's a functional decision, but I also made it a fashionable one and I got a really good head of hair for it. I got some pretty good genetics. So it ended up being one of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs> but the best mullet in the game's got to be yours, right? You know, I can't argue that. I didn't say it. You said it. You I, s- I will be on record saying that Brian yeah. Pillman Jr. has the best mullet, yeah. the best hair in all of wrestling. Yeah, I'm not going to say it, but, you know, it's been said. I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, so let's let's kind of do this. Where's uh, where can people keep up with you online? Like, your uh, what's the best way to, you know, find you on social media? Yeah, you're going to find me on on uh, Twitter at Flying Brian Jr. and Instagram at Flying Brian Forty One. Uh, I don't do Facebook, so and I don't do TikTok. So all you got to worry about is Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and uh, you've got some merch. Let's let's talk about the merch. Where uh, where can people support you at? Uh, oh yeah, ProWrestlingTees.com. Don't forget, I got a brand new T-shirt out. It's called Shots Fired. It's the white shirt with the pink. It just looks just like my gear, my new gear that I debuted on AEW. So um, get you get you a nice summer get you a nice summer shirt, and uh, yeah, enjoy yourself. I uh, might actually have some new micro brawlers coming out as well. Uh, how awesome is it to find out that you got a micro brawler, brawler when they told you, "Hey, we're making you one." Like the, I have a collection sitting here on my desk, and I'm still waiting on uh, my Brian Pillman Jr. micro brawler to come out. Oh yeah. So how, how, how was that? Like when they told you that that's what they're, they're going to make you into one. Oh, I thought that was super cool. So, so, oh, you're talking about the one I already have. Yeah. Oh, so that was made by a different company called pro wrestling loot. And I met them at a con and they said, yeah, we're going to do these. They're just like the micro ballers, but it's our version of them. Um, we'll pay you and we'll send you a huge inventory of them. And I just thought that was super, super cool because it ended up coming out really good. It looked really nice. And I sold a bunch of them on my phone, on online through you know DMs and stuff. And then eventually, Ryan reached out for wrestling tees. He said, "Hey, let me help you sell those. I'll get rid of them, and I'll get rid of them real quick." He said. <laughs> Little did I realize, real quick meant like three hours. And I kid you not, he sold like forty-one of these micro brawlers in like three hours. Jeez, like it was insane. 
And have like, you, he just paid for them straight up. Like he didn't even take a cut of them. So I appreciate that. Man, that's awesome. Have they kind of sent you the designs of what the new ones are going to look like yet? Or how, how's that going? Oh, uh, I, I told, I, well, when we, when we did the t-shirt, I said that to make the new one based on this set of gear. So he knows like which set of gear and, and what color scheme that I'll be using for the next one. But, but no, I haven't seen the new designs yet. They're going to be a limited release, a hundred units only. So. Oh, then I'm going to have to be uh, refreshing ProWrestlingTees.com daily to make sure when I find these out. Oh, yeah, you'll, you'll know. You'll be one of the first to know. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Brian Billman Jr. is our guest on the show. I really do appreciate you swinging by and uh, hanging out. And we, like I said, we're big fans of you. 2020 is going to be a big year. And I'm going to go ahead and say this on record that by the end of this year, you will have a, a contract with AEW. I'm going to put that out in the universe. Thank you. Keep that, keep that thought out there. Put it out in the universe. Um, again, maybe MLW runs in October. Um, maybe they run December, November. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I haven't, I haven't been given too much insight as to what's going on. But uh, you know, maybe later we get back to work and we run some successful shows there. But uh, if, if I had it my way, you know, obviously I, I would like to chase this opportunity at AEW and continue my career there. So thank there you guys. There it is. Is there anything before we let you go? Is there anything you want to tell all the listeners before we hop off this this show? Uh, thank you guys for supporting my journey. Again, this is this is this is my story. This is very real, very important to me. I don't have a gimmick. I don't have a, a funny, you know, otherworldly gimmick to me. I'm just Brian filming when I wake up. I'm Brian filming when I go to the grocery store and at the gym, and my, my driver's license says Brian filming. So. All I can do is, is try to live to the highest excellence standard that I can and uh, make my father proud. So thank you guys for calling. Man, uh, like I said, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we can't wait to get you back on once you either get that FTW or TNT title. Awesome. Appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Battleground Podcast. Make sure you give it five stars and a nice review. To stay up to date with the show, Follow them at Battleground Podcast on Instagram. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.